Welcome to Follow the Boat. Tales not just from the high seas. These are the podcast adventures of Liz and Jamie as they travel through the Indian subcontinent. This is the second part of our interview with Govind Rathor. He set up and runs the Sambali Trust, a non-profit, grassroots, charitable organisation based in Jodhpur, the blue city of Rajasthan. In this episode, we continue to chat with Govind on the rooftop of his homestay, Duragniwas, and we take in two of the empowerment centres that help women who come from troubled backgrounds. Before we do that, just... Tell me now how old you are, because you're still quite a, a young man, aren't you? I'm 27. For someone that's been running a charitable organisation for four years, that is extremely commendable, if, if I may say so. Tell, tell me how it all started. First of all, thank you for, for the honour for saying so high about me, because here in our community people don't respect me so much, because I work with Dalits. I sit with them, I eat with them. I know of people who won't drink water in my house anymore because uh, they think we are impure now because we deal with impure people, they think. And um, uh, I don't care what they think because I know what my mother and my grandmother went through. They might not have uh, guts to talk about it, but I have. And I will help women in the similar problems and will get them whatever they need. And um, we had a maid here who was from uh, Dalit community. And one day I asked her if she could bring three of her daughters, who I could teach a little bit. Um, I could afford three notebooks and pencils and all. My wife supported me with this. And next morning she came up with about 18 women. And I looked at her, I called her auntie, and I looked at her and I'm like, auntie, this is impossible, you can't do this to me. I said, I asked only three of your daughters, not 18 women of your uh, street. She said, Govindji, please help them out, they need your help, you know. And I told them, give me a week or 10 days and come back. And then I started, then I have a roof on the house and I turned that roof into a thatched roof. And under this, this school started. And then slowly volunteers got involved who were guests at the guest house and they found it interesting. I did not know because I'm I only am high school student and I do not know how to run an NGO. So with the mistakes I made from registering the NGO to getting tech certificates or whatever you can call oh, to open a bank account or something, it's a horrible thing in India. The red tape in the bureaucracy can really drown you and your, your enthusiasm. And, um, uh, yeah, the Sambali Trust then opened and these 17 girls, out of which 11 girls got graduated after three years of training from us. Uh, and Sambali was born here and then it spread around because uh, a lot of people joined us who wanted to um, support as well. And they said, give us just a little for bread and butter, but we want to work with you and so on. And my friends overseas sitting in uh, European countries and in the USA and so came up and said, Govin, we are with you. We'll help you out. Don't get, uh, don't give up. It's your passion. We don't have time. You have time. You can do it for us and with us. 
and uh, then my baby had lots of nannies who came in uh, Sambali <laughs> baby has lots of nannies who were taking care of the pencils and rubbers and sharpeners and the cupboard and then one said well you know you must have drinking water so somebody fix water pipe and you know so slowly it just grew into Sambali trust which started with 16 to 17 women and now is wise to 550 women in 4 wow. years wow yeah what does sambali mean sambali actually uh, goddess durga our goddess durga the goddess of power uh, her symbol is also eagle an eagle and eagle is also called samli so when i was thinking about calling it samli so i asked lots of people do you know this word samli and they said no it does not exist then i was thinking oh my god i'm on wrong track how could i call an organization which has no meaning and then sambalna in india is to be uh, raising or to take care of you right and then we transformed it into sambali which is a feminine word for a woman who is um, who is taking care of herself who's aware of herself and so in other meaning it could be also raising of the deprived or the raising of the downtrodden then recently i came across another man who is a, a philosopher or somebody who's an historian and he said sambali means an eagle uh, which is goddess durga uh, <laughs> the goddess of power she is so so important for our community and i'm so happy that sambali has so many meanings related to the empowerment of women and girls mm. yeah So what goes on in the classrooms then tell tell me about what we're actually doing here to empower the the young and and the older women things that could have improved the lives of the women of my family that was the main subject uh when sambali started a lot of these girls are actually being taught hindi yes, yes. they're not they're being taught english as well but yes. they're being taught hindi yes. so a lot of these girls are illiterate aren't yes. they yes. Uh, i guess like your your grandmother and yes. your mother yes. so this is obviously a very important aspect of it our girls sometimes do not even know how to hold a pencil it is very difficult and when our girls come here sometimes they don't even know how to sit properly they they would sit like they you you don't know i i can't use those words but these girls come from such back ba- uh, backgrounds that you don't want to see your child in that background or to behave like that therefore not just doing literacy but also uh, making sure that the self esteem is high of the girl that we make sure that there are some disciplines that she needs to follow with the dressing sense and her appearance and then um, because a lot of the girls don't know how to read and write so we start with very very basic hindi and then adding to it as english and mathematics and a little bit grown up girl is also taught in embroidery and sewing stitching and with the help of our foreign volunteers we do a lot of workshops related to world so to uh, broaden their uh, their understanding about the world out there because a lot of girls don't know wh- wh- where is jodhpur Mm-hmm. or what is india or what is rajasthan or what is world for them you know they don't know all this kind of stuff it is not necessary day to day life for a girl is wake up room the house make tea for the father make breakfast then do the dishes then do the washing then have shower cook the lunch sleep then and uh, then wake up maybe do some more household stuff then cook dinner then go to bed and then this whole uh, chakra just goes on and on and on and on until she's married when she's 15 16 years old she has her children she's in the next house if not up to the expectation of the husband set to fire for dowry death and all this kind of stuff it sounds 
fictional what you're describing it is so normal in india if you came and sat with my girls you would see the pain they carry in their heart every girl has a problem with her with her auntie with the mother with the sister with her grandmother with her daughter i don't know something or another thing every family is a victim of domestic violence especially with this kind of uh, community or this kind of society that we live in so i'm leaving liz in the art and craft room and i'm walking over to the other room and this is the smaller classroom and what they seem to have done is they've divided the, the groups up into two i've been told sometimes three it depends on how many girls they have here and uh, over in one corner we have two volunteers Annie and Poppy and they teach the uh, the girls English and over in the other corner we have Simi uh, who stands by a whiteboard and she too is teaching the uh, girls written English so it seems as if on the one side we have spoken and on the other side we have written hi Simi tell me what are the girls doing right now these are the basic groups uh, these girls have learned alphabets those girls are doing alphabets because they don't know alphabets a b c d small or capital anything these girls have learned uh, alphabets and now they are in words they are learning some words like name of fruits vegetables colors name of festivals small questions what is your name what is, how old are you just like this i'm giving them basic knowledge to understand speak and read at least few sentences simple sentences in english I guess you find it a great help having people like Annie and Poppy here who have yeah, you know Yeah, it gives me a great great help because it's impossible without them because these girls need more attention. I have to give them more attention but without the help of these volunteers I couldn't it couldn't be possible in the same uh, room. Uh just very quickly Annie we were, we were talking earlier we were talking to the school children and you were speaking Hindi. When I I first came to India about 30 years ago really connected with the university in the states I was doing finishing an independent degree doing studies in India so I was studying then at a small language school in a hill station called Mussoorie and then I worked in various places in India and every time I worked I've tended to study a little bit more as I was able to study I'm still not very fluent but I can get by in it actually usually I always go either I have a Hindi teacher in Varanasi and I also go to Rishikesh where I used to work in a homeopathic hospital I'm a homeopath also and I worked in a homeopathic clinic there and I I ran a clinic for people that had leprosy for about a year and that was in a place called Rishikesh which is now Uttaranchal but it used to be Uttar Pradesh UP and now it's changed yep. but this is my first time here and will you be coming back there's a good possibility i mean i've only been here 2 weeks 2 weeks today so i'm just kind of feeling my way around the charity but i think it's a very very good charity and as far as I, all the money goes directly to the people to the kids nope they don't take very much money i think govind only just started paying him a little something and he's the one who set it up and it's very transparent there's nothing there's no hidden agendas there's no middlemen or anything like that mm-hmm. and the idea is that he wants to keep it small which for me is also very good and sustainable mm-hmm. so it has a lot of potential I, i like the situation and i like the girls i like working with women i like working with children So from what I've seen because I've only been here 2 weeks and then I feel very good about it very very positive. Good. Well, I can see you're a great asset to it. So I I really do hope that you you do come back. And it would be great to come back and actually see the same girls and see how they progressed. That's well. what I think. I mean my idea was to find because I've kind of been looking for a small charity in India but a lot of them are very big and 
you know, the money doesn't go to the people who are, you know, that happens like so much corruption in India. But um, the idea was to come back on a yearly basis, get to know the people and, and, and do some work there. That is, that's kind of my intention. It's over in the corner with Poppy. Poppy, how long have you been here? Um, about two weeks. No, a week and a half, so not that long. Um, how are you finding it? It's good. It's nice when you get the same girls coming back every day and then you can build up what you know of them and you can start recapping things. Tracking their progress. Yeah, exactly. And then you can really sort of, you know, see what they've achieved and, and they're really happy and you can tell them how well they've done. Poonam here I've had for about three or four days. And we just at the start learning the alphabet, and she's doing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is also Poonam. Oh, but, <laughs> Hello. but um, I think Poonam has a lot more problems learning, so still kind of on the alphabet. I think she's been coming for quite a while. So yeah, just doing the very basics at the moment, mm. and um, trying to recognise letters. And so we've, we've got uh, Simi, who's teaching the, the older girls, and uh, Annie's kind of in, in the middle, and then you're dealing with the beginning, I suppose. You're yeah, teaching from the very start of the alphabet. Yeah, and then after the lunch break, we'll swap groups, and we'll do some, you know, the more advanced girls. But yeah, with this, it's really just, um, you know, learning the difference between capital letters and small letters which is actually really confusing if you're used to an alphabet without a difference. <laughs> well, that actually hadn't occurred to me. And trying to explain when to use capitals and when to use small ones is, if you're only at the stage of learning the alphabet, trying to explain why there are two sets of the alphabet is, um, is really difficult. But well, that shows my ignorance, because I didn't realise that there are no capital letters in Hindi. It's just, well, it's one character. So. I'm not, <laughs> I, I mean, don't take it as red. They could be. <laughs> but I don't think there are. What brought you here? How come you, you found yourself here? Um, I did an anthropology degree in London, so I learned a lot about sort of the differences in um, opportunities for education according to you know social status and income. Um, and I'm doing a similar kind of project in the UK next year called Teach First, and I just wanted to experience it in a different culture and kind of get a bit more experience first and it's such a good way to make a difference because it really helps you know learning English especially in Rajasthan with so many tourists mm, it's a uh, it's a big opportunity for them they are learning Hindi and English both languages sometimes it's very difficult to make them speak and uh, pronounce the words in English then only I write the pronunciation in Hindi so that uh, our first impression is to make them learn, speak in English but if they if he fails to do, do so we also write the pronunciation in Hindi so that they can learn at least how to pronounce these words and they can be uh, able to learn read everything each and every word how to pronounce to make their pronunciation good we have to write in Hindi also Great. So you have, what, you have about seven, eight girls here now. Yeah. Um, at average age, were they sort of 10, 12 years old, would you say? 13. Th- 13 years old. And is that normal for this stage of development? Yeah. It's uh, We have to decide them 13 to, uh, we have various age groups, like 13, 17, 19, 20. But all of them are at the same stage because someone has gone school till three years. Someone has gone school only one for one year. So they all are in similar. But I have to understand what they are doing and what they are capable to do. And I have sometimes I have to give, in this group also, some, sometimes I have to give them different work. Like this. This girl couldn't hear. Okay, so Simi's holding me a, an exercise book which reminds me of my junior school days yeah. with, uh, with the alphabet. Uh, I have to show her chart to make her recognize A, 
apple i just uh, take her there and show the chart that a means apple i have to show her a ball that b means ball because she can't hear and she can't speak so it's very difficult to teach her and who who is this this is reshma reshma hello <laughs> she's very good in learning is she good she's very good in stitching embroidery everything good. she's very obedient and nice girl There were two things that really bowled me over. Firstly, it was the girls who obviously take a great deal of pleasure um, and are committed to what they're doing here. They are eager to learn. They're having fun as they're learning. And watching their faces as they watch their two teachers, you could see how much they were taking in and how much this means to them. Uh, meeting little Anita, who, whose legs don't work, and she propels her around, herself around on her feet, oh, sorry, on her hands, um, was quite extraordinary as well. She's learnt a lot, and her, um, her ability in the handicrafts and sewing is uh, extremely high. So that, those two things were good, the, the children, but even more so, I was impressed by the two teachers. Tamana, who runs the handicraft class, who's been here since day one, she herself, she's fully qualified um, in, um, in seam, as a seamstress, she went to university, but rather than go out and become a designer, she finds that she gets more pleasure in teaching these girls. You can see how committed she is to it. And then there's Simi, who will have been here four years, she tells me, on the 28th of February. She will have been here for four years. And she's a force of nature. She teaches English to um, all of the girls. And she teaches the kind of the upper stream, if you like, the ones that have got a little bit further. Um, and the girls watching her, their faces were absolutely riveted. She's what I call the best kind of teacher. She's slightly strict, a little bit frightening, but at the same time very engaging and you could see her making them laugh and getting them to jump up and down and do things and come back and they absolutely love her, you can see it. So the way it's being run is uh, you can't fault. So there we go. We've just spent a day at the Empowerment Centre at the uh, Du Agniras uh, Hotel we're now going to go to the Payal Empowerment Centre, which is actually based in town, and uh, it's a similar setup to what we've just seen here. We'll just pop along there and uh, see what's occurring. Now, in the background, you can probably hear lots of aircraft, and what we haven't mentioned, of course, is that we're not that far from the Pakistani border, and uh, Jodhpur has a quite a quite a big military base here. So. It does tend to dominate, certainly during the day. We do hear a lot of aircraft, both helicopters and aeroplanes, uh, flying over. A kind of constant reminder of the, uh, the fragile relationship between the two countries. So we've just uh, jumped off our rickshaw and we're walking down to Payo's house. And it's a very grand three-storey affair with turrets and... Uh, lattice work, arches. Don't know if it's um, red sandstone or whether it's just been painted to look like that. I think it's just uh, it's brick. It's very big. The name of the centre is Pile Empowerment Centre, and the lady whom you see uh, inside, her name is Pile. So this centre is uh, on her name, Pile Empowerment Centre. But it's really, uh, it's uh, but main uh, thing is that it's uh, one of the um, branch of our Sambali Trust. Just walked into the back courtyard, past a little shrine, and behind shutters, we can hear the 
the ladies chatting. I guess this is the classroom. Hello. Namaskar. What is your name? My name is Jamie. What is your name? My name is Poonam. 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 Pleased to meet you. May I come in? Yes. Thank you. I'm just sneaking outside again just to let you know what we've been watching. Very clever actually. Annie has taught the girls colours. And what she did was to get them to sit back to back and tell each other what colours they're wearing. Now, of course, all of these women are dressed in uh, shawar kameezes or saris. So there's every single colour under the sun. What a great way to learn colours. Uh, I imagine back in England, the only colours we'd learn if we were to do it that way would be grey, blue and black. So a uh, very, very good way of learning colours there. Let's have to say the... Um, the atmosphere in the class is very, very light-hearted. They're, the girls are having a lot of fun. There's a lot of giggling and laughing. Um, there's a couple of jokers in the pack as well. And uh, they're, they're, they're a little bit shy, possibly because of our presence. But uh, their standard of English is very, very good, I have to say, for the uh, length of time they've been learning it. that I should call uh, Nigama right away and thank her for her cow and also uh, give her the good news that the cow has given a baby today. We're so happy. The, and, and the whole family has celebration at the moment in Sitrava. They're going to everyone telling them that the cow has given a baby. Without your support, it would not have been possible. Thank you so much for buying this cow for the woman. Please tell your family that the cow in India has given baby. Yes. Take care of yourself. Okay. Bye-bye. Greetings to Emil. Now, you see, something like that is something that I can't comprehend. The importance of a single cow <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a donation. I just quickly want to talk about donations and how people are, are, are helping. What, what is the best way that people like myself can, can get involved and to help these women? My request to everyone is that we are a grassroots effort, we are a small organization, and we, we want sustainable support that could bring sustainability to the organization. For example, when the cows are given, we're expecting money back from the cow, so that this cow money could buy another cow. We don't want to just give it away and forget about it. We want to make sure our women have self-esteem saying that we bought this cow by the end of one year or two years or something like that. And that money could be then put into buying another cow, for example. Similarly, at the moment, we are four years old, but I'm very embarrassed asking for money all the time. Whenever I look at people, I talk to people, the first thing is rupee, rupee, rupee. <laughs> No, for example, your one pound is about 75 rupees, right? Correct, yeah. See, for 75 rupees, we can buy 35 pencils and that can go for one month for the whole organization. It means a lot to us. Your one pound will buy you coffee. Here, that will buy literacy for one month of seven, uh, 35 girls. So I'll tell you what, actually, a coffee costs a lot more than that in London these days. It's, uh, it's, it's shocking. The comparison we're making here and the difference that... A third of a cup of coffee, I have to say, in London would, would give to 35 students. How much is a cow? 
our maximum budget for a cow is 15,000 rupees, but you can get a cow for 9,000, 11,000, 12,000 rupees. And this cow is good for this kind of atmosphere, this kind of weather, and gives sufficient milk for one, uh, two times a day. And uh, I think one pound is about 75 Indian rupees. So Yeah, so we're talking about, I think about 150, 200 pounds sterling would buy a cow. And, and how long would a cow be productive for? I've, a cow is productive for nearly 9, 10 years, 11 years. No, this is uh, because a cow would always come with a baby. So you have almost two cows <laughs> to begin with. Then you have milk buttermilk your butter oil you have uh, yogurt you have cheese you have everything and you sell the milk you can sell the ch uh, calf and get her breed next year again to have another calf and so it's an income generating program for the lady in the house and does she already know how to um, handle the cow or is this something you educate her with uh, the thing is that Village women are so good in handling cows and cattle and animal husbandry <laughs> that we don't really need to take good uh, take much efforts in this. But in case if the lady is not ready then, then her husband is asked to t help her out. Or we do bring in other women to come and support in this case. But thank God that most of our women know how to look after this animal. And we have said that it's a holy animal for our community and that she should only be taken in the family if you're, uh, if you're able to take care of her. We can't give a cow and then uh, mess with this cow 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 thing no we want to make sure she's able to take care of it so that's cows now today uh, Jamila who's working here your Swiss uh, volunteer who's working on the administration side told us that you have just managed to get your first sponsorship is this correct can you tell me a bit more about this this year, we have taken 10 new girls in the rural area to be sent to good school. Their mothers came to us and, well, we said, who would like to go to school? I, uh, we asked the ladies if they'd like to go to school. They said they're too embarrassed to be going to school. But they would really appreciate if their daughters could be helped so that what problems they face today, that they're not even able to sign properly, that their daughters could be put into school. Our literacy means that women should know how to sign uh, and not do a thumbprint. You know, this is not literacy. You can learn how to sign, right? But you don't know what exactly the letters mean. Then it's no literacy, but that's the government deal, right? So now we have taken 10 girls from the microfinance project that we run called Sheni. And the daughters are now sponsored into good school in the village. It's a private school. And uh, we found our first uh, sponsorship today uh, by, a Swiss, uh, by a French lady. And we are very happy that this girl life could be improved for one year at least. And we hope this lady would come back to us generously next year and um, sponsor this girl again. And we, we, we'd be able to make sure that we could change the next generation. The important thing here is sustainability, isn't it? That to sponsor a girl to go to a private school, really it should be for five years. Yeah. And one year is great, but it should really be the, the whole process in order to uh, you know, maintain that sustainability. That's very important, isn't it? See, I don't want to take your money and forget about it. Or I can't let you forget about it. Uh, I'm so... Uh, I'm, I used to tell I'm passionate about this organization, but it's not passion anymore. It's not passion anymore. You know, it's everything to me. Your raison d'etre, as we say, your, your reason for being. My reason for being. And I would like you to come and see what we are doing here. We want you to come and work with us. We want you to come sit with our girls and help us build their self-esteem. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, 
of course it's a compromise to come all the way from west it's expensive with the flight tickets and all but we can pick you up at the airport in jodhpur to take care of you for a few days come and see who we are what we are and then help us if you think we are legitimate because this ngo word is a very bad word and i don't even call our organization an ngo anymore because it we are embarrassed with the kind of results ngos have given or have been blacklisted uh, when you open uh, search engines and so we really want small help but sustainable help and we want people to come here check it out from their very own eyes and then help we don't want to take it for nothing we want you to connect your heart with our heart and then bring help to these girls and who maybe uh, age your sisters daughters mothers grandmothers so that is very important for me the come and help if you can when i was in england i'd read uh, broadsheet newspapers magazines you would quite often see advertisements in the bottom right hand corner for an organization like yourself based in india or africa and when you're in england you you're so detached from it it's almost meaningless there's no connection there uh, it's not until you actually come and see what's going on that you realize how important an organization like this is the city is waking up now that it's now got dark uh, and all around us is just a, this cacophony of weddings. sounds weddings, weddings there's uh, there's there's some chanting going on in a is it a hindu temple, hindu temple. yeah um, we can hear music it's really coming alive uh, but i think it's time for us to relax and to say thank you very much indeed and being a true inspiration i think it's a, a fantastic thing that you're doing thank you very much for doing this for us because uh, we are a grassroots effort and we need people like yourself who have heart and feelings for people like us who want to come in have on hand experience this is how you call it right yep. to touch the things and then uh, help us spread our word and you know it is very important that we young people uh, start now uh, and not wait for the next generation we have education we have determination and we have um uh, we have the possibility and at this moment the competition of everything is so high that to find like minded people is very difficult but we have to begin we have to start somewhere and i started from my side with the help of my friends and my family and i expect young people to join into forces like this and help people out in india for the real development which can happen at grassroots level we don't want to get into the growth gdp rate and da na na you know it's not our business it's the politicians we on our ground level where we are and what is surrounding us we can bring the change we are bringing the change and with the support of people like yourselves we can make the change thank you so much This interview was recorded a few months ago now and the number of people Govind and the Trust help continues to grow. Right now Govind is traveling to Europe to visit some of the Trust's sponsors who have recently helped bring 15 women from neighboring villages into Jodhpur and fund their education so they may begin new lives. If you would like to help then please visit www.sambali-trust.org.
You have been listening to a Follow the Boat podcast recorded and edited by Jamie and Liz of followtheboat.com. Thank you.